Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Arsenal give up their hold on first place by losing their first game at home this season with a 2-0 defeat to West Ham. Liverpool climb to the top of the table at the halfway point of the season with a comfortable 2-0 win at Burnley. Manchester United need a Boxing Day miracle and get one in Rasmus Hoyland's late winner to secure a come-from-behind 3-2 win over Aston Villa. And Manchester City overcome some early game jet lag after their FIFA World Club Cup triumph and come back from a goal down to beat Everton 3-1 at Goodison Park. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Okay, uh, Mr. Mustard, let's start at the Emirates. Hmm. Uh, Arsenal chance to go top again. Uh, leapfrog Liverpool as we go into the new year. Position they held at Christmas, which I'm sure wanted to do to the new year. Um, but I have to say, this one maybe didn't go to plan, or certainly didn't go to Mikel Arteta's plan. Um, having said that, and I think you, you talked about it on the broadcast, uh, well, credit has to go to David Moyes. Uh, Robin, yeah. in what he does, the way yeah. he does it, and the way that this team play. Yeah. Um, but should, should we start with West Ham and give them a little yeah. bit of love because they won the game and, and then talk yeah. about Arsenal? Would that that be the right way to go? Yeah. I mean, one of my notes, one of my notes, uh, I sort of was just watching, um, which more the second half of the game, in, in fairness, than anything, but second half, there's, there's something comfortable about West Ham out of possession on the halfway line. Everybody knows the role, good positions, ready to break, almost encouraging the the opposition on. When they break, Rob, they've got good quality now, probably better quality than we've seen in the past. Kudos, Pakator, yep. yep. Ward-Prowse, uh, Bowen, people who can make things happen. Um, and, and, and he's doing it in an unfashionable way. It's, it's not, you know, everybody wants possession now. Everybody wants front foot and high press and gag and press and... You know, David Moyes has got his own little island, he's got his own little flag, and he's doing it his own little way. Yeah. And guess what? He's sixth in the table doing it his yeah. own little way. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's exactly right, Rob. And he is very different to, to well, not most others, but kind of, I guess the new wave of coaches, um, the very thoughtful, yeah. the very tactical coaches. And, and I listen, I like that. We've 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 spoken highly about some of those guys. Just, sorry, Rob. Just yeah. let me stop yeah. you there. Just yeah. let me stop you there on that point. The thoughtful and what was the other word? Um inventive tactical. Coaches, I think say. I think it's a tactical like Tact- tactical. What I should have said but, is but it does expansive. Doesn't, doesn't thought and tactics no, I doesn't know. T- thought and tactics have to go into what he does. I think that that's the argument well, really, isn't it, with David Moyes? Yeah, no, you no you're right, right. I guess bad bad words from me. I guess what I meant to say was open, expansive, attacking, proactive yeah. football, you yeah. know, and I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoy a, a, a coach that's that's really trying to coach his team in a way where they're trying to figure out ways of breaking down opponents. Um, now, David Moyes does it in a different way. And I think, I, you know, and, and I understand yeah. the value of that. I think the key is, Rob, and we thought we were going to get David Moyes at the end of the game, Rob. Just, you know, we have a little two-way interview. Oh. We had James Ward yeah. Prowse, and it was oh, great. Okay. Um, yeah, but what exactly. I was going to say, what the question I'd lined up for David Moyes was going to be something like, you know, last year, it, it, the team just never felt right. You know the, the the vibe of it, the makeup of the team, the competition, the, the composition of it, the I don't know the artisan soldiers part. This team really feels yeah. like it's 
perfectly suited now to David Moyes. He was never comfortable last year with Skamaka trying to come into the side and other players that had come in and, and didn't really do it. Um, Bakatar, of course, now is maturing into a brilliant player on the left-hand side and it's sad for West Ham fans to see him go off injured. Uh, but kudos, Rob. It only takes a couple of a couple of additions that just final pieces of the jigsaw a little bit. And I know that, that uh, Mikel Antonio has to come back, but Jared Bowen playing as a central striker is a good fit. Um, kudos brings them a a power and, and an acceleration and quality finishing that they've they've lacked a little bit. Um, you know, more Prowse gives them the set pieces. He's got a ton of assists from that position right now, and a back four and a manager that knows how to defend. And you bring that all together, and I think he's yeah. sat there now like. This is what it feels like to get a team that I want. Well, they sixth in the league table right now. They jumped above Manchester United. Sixth, that's yeah, a stunning. Think, yeah. That's a stunning victory at Arsenal, Robin. You know, I think most people. I thought it'd be awkward for the for the Gunners, but I did still predict that Arsenal yeah. would come out on top by a single goal. But I'm not that surprised that that West Ham, particularly when they score the first goal, Rob, they're so hard to play through and get around the outside of. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, a couple of things I just want to pick up on, on what you said, that the artists and soldiers thing, which is really, is, is sometimes, you know, we look at David Moyes and probably think he'd rather go with more soldiers than artists because that's what he's used to. Tim tells us lots yeah. of stories about you know, those great days at Everton and how they go about it. But I think he's understood Robbie's had to, to, to change. But what I think he's done, and it was, uh, I think um, James Will Prowse alluded to it a little bit in one of his answers, is that, if you're Pakatov, you're Kudos, if you're Boeing, or maybe Boeing's a natural fit because of where he's come from and his personality, mm-hmm. but there's no there's no passengers anymore. There's no, no uh, was it Payet? Payet was there. It used yeah. to be the, the, the artist, but he was like, you lot Flaky. do your work and, yeah. and then get it to me and, and then I'll play. All the, you know, I think where he's got the balance now is that those artists who can who are... Top-class performers, Rob, and, and Pakator, you'd have to say he's up there with some of the very best in the league. Yep. They have to put a shift in. They Absolutely have to right. get back. They have to have a position. They have to be... And that's where I think he's just worked the balance. And maybe that maybe that takes a year when a player comes in. And, you know, a new player, maybe a Brazilian player or a player who's played in Italy and that, who's been the guy who hasn't done that. And David Moyes is saying, well, in my team, you have to if we're going to be successful. Um, and he does give them a bit of license when they go forward. But I just think it's that balance now of saying there's no definitive artists and soldiers. We'll all do the work, and then those players with a little bit more technical ability, I'll give you the freedom to go and make it play. And at the moment, it's proving a perfect sort of situation, perfect tactic for West Ham. And it might not be... Deserby style, it might not no. be Ange style, but I'm telling you what, it's Moisey style and it, yeah. it's doing pretty well. Well said, mate. I, I, I back that up 100%. And, and I'll finish off with this, mm. Rob. I asked Ward Prowse, we did get to speak to James Ward Prowse, and I asked him, you know, yeah. like, I remember when I played, and I kind of said this, probably bundle it a little bit, but it's like, when I remember when we played well and we were on a run of form, when we were beating teams and we were like feeling really, really good, I made a conscious note, what is it we're doing? You know, whether it's the closing down, whether it's yeah. the passing, whatever it was, to, to make sure I've got it written down somewhere. That's what we were doing when we played well. Because I know for certain it's going to go bad. Um, and yeah. then you can refer back to it. Well, are we working as hard? Are we, are we, you know, are we playing? Whatever it is. I asked him if there's any keys that yeah. he thought. And I think that's what you're referring to. And, he's, and he basically all he said was, yeah. it's hard work. And, you know, it, mm. it, it seems simple. But it, it, that's where everything comes from. When teams play well, when the fans get on their, 
get behind them and it, it all comes to helping them hard work hard and and that's what they are right now they're very hard working side you said it all mate I'm not going to add to it because two way players is perfectly yeah. right um, I think Pakatar is a great example of a super technical player I mean they've had four hours but Lanzini he's had lots of players that like you said mm. haven't quite wanted to do that and when they all do that it's pretty hard to, to play against so with that Rob let's switch over to Arsenal now and um, yeah yeah <sighs> I, I, I'll give you a quick take from me, Rob, and I'll get your sense of it. Um, okay. I, I don't yeah. think it, I, for me, you know, I think it's pretty obvious what I've said, and I think what I've certainly said about in terms of the goals, and it's a little concerning mm. that the likes of Jesus and Martinelli have just gone off the boil a little bit. No, I said today on the show, Rob, yeah. that right now that's kind of been covered up or, or countered by midfield players in Odegaard, and Trussard's got three, I think it is. I think Declan Rice has got three, Odegaard's got four. Yeah. Like, they've got good numbers in there to help with that production from the front three. I just thought this was a tough mm-hmm. game. And it's not the game the really yeah. to really, I don't think, go into that and say, look, look, what well, they need another striker. Or is it, Rob? Or, or, or was this a, when you saw Gabriel mm-hmm. Jesus head it over from six, seven yards out, yeah. is, that, is it going to be the, the reason why they might not win it if they haven't got, I don't know, it, 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 last year, Saka and Martin scored a ton of oh. goals. Martin has gone off a little bit and Jesus yeah. doesn't look like he's going to get a big number. Yeah, it, I mean, I suppose that's the easy answer, Rob. And then, then it's like go, you know, go and spend seventy-five, mm. eighty million. Go and get Ivan Tony, yeah. and you know that heady chance he puts in the back in there, and maybe we're different. But then maybe some of the build-up might not be quite as neat and yeah. controlled because maybe mm. Ivan Tony isn't quite at that level. So you might get a little bit more goal set. You might lose. So I, I'm a little bit with you in terms of that. I don't think we 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 we, we can pile on. You know, this is an Arsenal team that I always think goals are going to have to be spread and. Yeah. Talked about habits being uh, an important part. He wasn't around today. He's yeah. come up with a couple of big four, moments four in recent goals, yeah. games. He's got four goals. Yeah, well, you know, which which is a decent number uh, a game. I tell you what, what slightly kind of, I wouldn't say perturbed me, Rob, but it, I kind of got into the, the sense watching Arsenal in the second half, and I, and I wondered if it was a sort of a David Moyes ploy, a little bit like. I wouldn't say they were predictable, but most of the t- their attacks were quite similar. If you understand what I mean, it was like getting to a certain position, Odegaard wriggling out. Can we go to byline? Can we? Call? It was almost like West Ham were well set up to deal with it, and it was a bit like I thought they lacked a little bit of imagination, creativity. Of creativity. Now I don't know if that. Yeah, I don't know if that comes through a bit of tiredness. Same players. I don't know if it's you know players playing together who are not quite on form, so it isn't all knit. You know, it isn't like knitting together like last year. We'd see the. You know, Martinelli coming in, bank, hitting it off Jesus, getting one-twos, going down the sides. I don't know, it just felt a bit mm. a bit stale, a bit like, mm, I've, I've read this book before and I don't think there's going to be a very good ending. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it mm. just didn't feel like there was a bit of magic, that little bit of magic there that we've seen now. Listen, it, we're halfway through the season. They're, they're very well placed yep. and they're, they're competitive. Um, so I ain't going to go all, all the way. I, I just felt as though... They got into a kind of one-dimensional way of trying to get back into the game, and I didn't really ever think it was going to work today. I think I think what what we can say is that so far, uh, well, halfway through, you know, the team that that wins a title, Rob, it, it's not going to be like some of those dominant seasons before where you had huge no, points having, tallies no. because of different reasons. Yeah, I we're think not that, getting a hundred points no, this year. No, so it's, it's, it's not one of them where. 
you know, oh, we didn't, you know, like draw is like losing a game. I mean, teams are going to slip up. They have totally slipped up. So the little yeah. little points of detail that we're trying to say about Arsenal, um, you know, if they get this, they get that, then then all of a sudden, you can say that with all the teams, Rob. Man City particularly, mm. Liverpool, they've got yeah, their own issues. So, I, you know, I think if you're an Arsenal fan, yeah, you know, it's, that's not great today and it'll be frustrating. But I think you can comfort yourselves and like, well, nobody's perfect, by the way. And if it's not the goals from Arsenal, it might be the midfield of... of um, of, uh, of Liverpool, it might be the defensive side of things now for for Manchester City. Nobody's perfect, City. so yeah, I, I yeah, just don't yeah, think, yeah. given the title situation and this game against a, a, a super tough West Ham United, I just don't think it's a time to jump on and and be too critical for an Arsenal side. That yeah, of course now they're going to want to bounce back and, and win the next few games, um, but they're right there, Rob, and, and nobody's perfect and. It wasn't their day today. I think, to be fair, Arteta didn't really make too much of a fuss about it afterwards. Robbie was pretty no. magnanimous in his mm. in his comments. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we'll we'll come back, Robert. If there's other games where they're lacking goals yeah, against yeah, different we'll, sorts we'll of in different we'll, scenarios yeah. in games, I mean, we'll we'll get on it again. Yeah. What what I would say, Rob, and and, and we'll get to City in a minute, is that you know the shadows starting to come in it despite them wherever they are they're back now yeah. it's premier league football you know they won a game and we've got to see yeah. how people deal with that how yep. arsenal deal with that how liverpool deal with that mm. that's what that's what we'll see in, in the coming weeks mm. talking of liverpool let's go to turf more right. um never an easy place to go i think jurgen klopp a bit tongue in cheek said was asked about where you're going to be um on i think it was boxing day or after boxing day and he said mm, probably liverpool turf more a bit like, he knows what was going to come. It's, it's never an easy game. Uh, his team got it done. Uh, Nunez with the first goal, Jota with his second. Two important goal scorers, I think. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca had asked us before the game, we said, you know, they've got to not just rely on Mo Salah, who's going to African Cup of Nations, mm. could miss four or five games, depending on how well things go for Egypt in, in, in mm. that competition. So Nunez with the first, Jota with the second. Um I took sort of overcome a little spell in the in the second half where Burnley had a bit of a go with about 60 minutes on the clock. They were only 1-0 up. Liverpool had a couple of goals ruled out. And um, I think it's good Munson, if I remember, had a really good chance on the far post yeah. ahead of yeah. uh, And he, he couldn't hit the target with it. And, and then Liverpool went on and, and got the winner through, the more comfortable winner through Jota. Mm. But um, where are we with Liverpool, mate? And where they stand? They sit top of the table. Yeah, by um, two points. Yeah, they got two points. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's got a re- seems to be every most people apart from Liverpool fans have got a reason why they ain't, they aren't going to win it this year. Well, that's it. That's that, that. That's it, isn't it? That's the that's the kind of story of the season, Rob. For all these teams, the mm. title race is like reasons why they can't win it. And you know, even even this yeah. game that was super comfortable for Liverpool. I mean, they should. I mean, the only thing I, I made a note at half-time, maybe should have been more ruthless in the first half to score more goals, to put yeah. them away. Really, really comfortable. Um, it, second half goes in. a couple in. disallowed, though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, some offside, was Harvey Elliott. Gakpo won, Gakpo won, Harvey Elliott won, yeah. with Salah in front. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. And, and, and my last note is still find, still finding the best team, Rob. They're still... They're still yeah. He's still experimenting and still... I mean, there's some rotations in the, in this game. Of course, Harvey Elliott started in midfield with Gravenberg. Um, I mean, yeah. I've got to say, Luis Diaz is just a little bit off form, Rob. i got to think that Diogo Jota now, being fit again, comes on, scores the goal, really nicely yeah. taken goal. Yeah. Isn't he, and I'll throw it back to you, Rob, is he in the best front three for Liverpool? Because I feel like right now he is. I think he's a left-sided the guy. I'd, yeah. I think I'd prefer him on the left right now. I think I still, I still prefer Darwin Nunez as the number nine. 
to start, and of course Mo yeah. Salah that is going to go away on the um, African Cup of Nations. Yeah. And midfield, Nations, again, yeah. I, I, st- I still don't know whether Jurgen Klopp knows what his best midfield is. You know, Gravenberg is trying yeah. to get he's trying to get him some reps and trying to get him integrated in the way that Liverpool do things. Um, but it's a comfortable, comfortable victory. What what do you think on that, Rob? In terms of where I mean, they're, yeah, sat, they're sat top. Um, you know, they're sat top. Like like by a couple of points. Top. I thought. Do you know what I thought? And, and and he does get caught out once or twice with the game being quick. But I thought Endo is starting to show me a little bit mm. more, Rob, in, mm. in midfield. A little um, bit. Mm. I'm not sure he's ever going to be. But at least I, I think he's getting reps and he's got half a season on his, his belt. And I think he's going to be better for that. Uh, the kick Quantum's done done okay again next to Virgil van Dijk. But at some point, Liverpool have to decide who's, who's going to yeah. be van Dijk's partner. Matip's out. Canate seems to be in and out. I don't know how much you can trust him with his body. He yeah. seems to not be able to put, run a game together. Gomez is playing left-back at the moment because obviously yeah. Simicast and Robbo out. So, yeah. you know, in, 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 in every area, Rob, you're saying so. I think centre-back still we, we need to... Quanza, Rob. Maybe, maybe Quanza's the guy. There. Is Quanza the guy then? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe they've got to give him a little run and yeah. find out. A bit like Everton have done with Brantwaite. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, maybe he can come through. He's good. Good size, good athlete. Looks like he's got good temperament. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is those questions that are asking, and I still again think these a bit more for, for for Liverpool. I think there's a gear or two for them to go again. So if, yeah. if they can find that and they can go toe to toe, what what I would say with, with with Liverpool, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, they've been the, they've been the distance once, Rob. They've been very close on a couple of occasions, but they've been the, the distance once against the City team. So they they know what it t- they know what it, it it takes to get there, mm. and that might just be something that that you know in their armory that they can pull out later on. And, you know when people talk about the pressure, I, I tend to feel Liverpool will feel it less than mm. than, than maybe Arsenal would do. Mm. Quick line on Bernie Rob because I think that's nine losses from the first mm. ten Premier League home games. Nine losses out of yeah. ten at home, and there was a moment in the game, Rob, and where I'm thinking they're just not competitive against Liverpool. And and due to that kind of a little bit passively against Liverpool, the stadium was flat. You, you, did you see? Did you make it? Yeah, did you sense yeah, that? We did. Flat? Yeah, we did say something, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, a flat turf moor is not a good turf moor no, for, yeah. for a Burnley team. Yeah, and I, and I you know, ask more questions, put them under a little bit more pressure. I think the second half, Rob, there was a little better, where they engaged Liverpool a little yeah. higher because it's hard to press you know, the whole whole game. So I get yeah, that. Good players. Um, but yeah, I got to admit a note of the, the good Munson chance as well at 1-0, which could have changed the game. But no, I mean, it's um, Liverpool quietly, quietly doing the business. Again, in, in not in perfect shape. And, and again, that, that's the, the, been no. the story of the, the big boys in the Premier League so far this season. I'm going to mention a couple of players, Robert, oh, and, and on, the huh? Burnley team, who, who've kind of impressed me, super impressed mm. me. Uh, Wilson Odebears, a player who's come in, I think French, 19-year-old, yeah. playing on the left-hand side. Colliosho was there. He's got a bit of something in him, Rob. Every time yeah, I see yes. him, he, he does something that, that excites me a little bit. He looks like he can get to the byline. He's clever football. He's nice combinations. Um, so he's one. And, and obviously with the, the Collio shows, I was thinking I'm Dooney, Foster. You know, there's the, a the basis of five or six good young footballers there. Um, I almost feel like, you know, they, they need a little bit more help around them and, and a little bit more maybe know-how, mm. as you say, to, to be competitive against the better teams. But... The other player I'm going, to, I'm going to mention, he's actually going to be my underappreciated performer of the weekend, and I, I wanted to go for someone who's not with a 
It's not a big six team. He's not a glamour club in some respects, as you'd say. But James Trafford, my friend, 21-year-old mm. goalkeeper for, for Burnley, um, was a former Man City youngster, uh, went on loan to the likes of Bolton, was playing in the League One, played in their team of the year, got a sort of tw- somewhere around about a $20 million move from, from, um, up from to Burnley, where he's signed now. Um, I'd love, I've just done a little bit of research on I saw a lovely line where he said... I was a long, skinny boy at Bolton, and now I've turned into a long, skinny man at Burnley. And yeah, it's really yeah. interesting because we were laughing about him saying, you know, he's, he's one of them needs to maybe put a little bit of a, a bulk on, just put a pound or two on so he can deal with the mm. congestion mm. that is, you mm. know, set pieces in the Premier League. But mm. I've got to be honest, Rob, he, he's played in all the young England from under 16 to, to 21s. What I see of him, I like of him. He's agile, he, he's on his toes, he look. He, you know, he's made a couple of mistakes that he'll learn from. He's a good age. I just think there's there's a there's a, there's a decent goalkeeper in there, and he's one of them that I think will learn from his experience in the Premier League and could be one of those if Burnley were to go down, somebody might decide. You know what? We might t- we might take him and, and and keep him with us in the Premier League. That's a good shout, Rob, and I think that's exactly what could happen as well. He's six foot six, by the way, and that's where the long. He's six foot six mm. goalkeeper, and I'll just quickly tell a quick story of. Of Mark Schwarzer, a goalkeeper that I was with at Middlesbrough, went on to have a great career. Mark Schwarzer was at Chelsea and, and Fulham. Um, yeah. was a, was, and he first came to yeah, our club, and he was the same thing. Very tall and, and um, lean. And the first thing, I think it was Paul Barron, our goalkeeping coach, the first thing he did was him is mm-hmm. drag him into the gym. Well, I'd say dragging is probably the wrong word, but he worked him a lot in terms of weights, Rob. And, it's, it was, and all of a sudden, Mark yeah. Schwarzer went from kind of a, you know, a, a lanky kid to this shoulders and arms and chest and a big strong goalkeeper you add the height to that the physicality inside the penalty yeah. box it makes a huge difference when people are around you just to be able to lean into people and shove them out the way and come and it, it made a big difference and, and every time now I think we saw it with De Gea a little bit Rob I think he bulked up a little bit when he yeah, first came exactly, to United yeah. he was a yeah. little, little bit mm. slight and I think James Trafford would benefit you know I'm, I'm sure it won't affect his goalkeeping important stuff yeah. uh, separately, but I think it would really make a difference. That height with some just some muscular size, I think, could take him to a new level. We'll see if that happens, but I think it's a very good shout, Rob. And this yeah. goes in the category of the underappreciated slash one to watch, and I think, it, I think it's a good shout. Yeah. There's been plenty of games where he's made some really good saves for, uh, for Burnley. Yeah, good shout, mate. Mm. Good shout. OK, my friend, let's move it on to um, one of the big stories of, the, of this match week. Uh, Manchester United playing Aston Villa. United coming off a defeat against West Ham and, and a little bit of spotlight on Eric Ten Hag. Ineos were in town, the deal had gone through. <laughs> we knew one or two of the, the staff of that, Jim Ratcliffe, wasn't available. But um, under the watchful eye, I kind of thought Ineos actually, this game encompassed what they bought. They bought, at times, a team yeah. that can be horrible and then at yeah. times a team that can just excite you Rob and you can see all that's, that's good about United yeah. and, and what, what stature this club can have and, and could be and um, it was it, it was a classic game of two halves but where, where do we start on Man United and like the overview of what Ineos saw, what Ineos might be able to do? Okay so again I'll try and be brief because there's, there's a lot of things to get through here. Um, I think you're right Rob in yeah. terms of that in one 90 minutes, that they, they basically see what Manchester United are in the first half, really. Inconsistent, uncertain with their build-up play, trying to play out from the back because that's the way they want to play. Got into trouble, go behind. And then Man United of what they can be in the second half, Rob. And I, and I said afterwards that 
you know, the, yeah. the, the, in some ways it's easier to play with nothing to lose. You're 2-0 down. My goodness, we've got to have a go now. And we saw that, and it, it played out tremendously well. So that, that's the first thing. The second thing I want to say is that, you know, he, he has changed the team lots and lots and lots and lots, and different people have been in kind of like the, the, the favourites, if not favourites, but on his first team yeah. picks and he changes again and goes to somebody else. For me, in my opinion, and he's shown it now, Alejandro Garnacho is a special talent for me, Rob, and I said it afterwards. Mm. He, he, he is the potential to be a brilliant United winger scorer for many, many seasons. He has literally shown he can do, do well and score on the right. Marcus Rashford, you know, he is what he is. Sometimes he's amazing. Sometimes he struggles. Is better, in my opinion, as a left forward. So we, those two wide players, that, that's their best spot. Mm. Please stick with it for a little bit. Bruno Fernandes is an excellent number 10. If you want to rely on him, even as a number eight, getting back and helping out of midfield, I'm not sure yeah. he wants to do it. I'm not sure he's very good at doing it. So that three behind the one, and we'll get to Rasmus Hoyland, Rob, just makes it pretty simple mm -hmm. for me. You have your double pivot, your two number sixes, you let Bruno do his thing there, you know, and you figure out the defensive line and those injured players to come back into it. But that, you know, is, is the way forward. Um, lost my train of thought now. Yeah. In terms of that, that's how they should do it. Now, in, in how how they go forward from now, Rob, I'm not, I'm not, I am not confident this can continue. And and it seems pretty harsh when you watch that comeback and the emotion and Rasmus Hoyland's goal is. And that I saw, I saw yeah. on social media, Rob. I saw, um, you know, like some people will video from a different angle, and a guy in the crowd, yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. The, Hoyland slides over. The absolute, it, it almost. Almost emotional response from Rasmus Hoyland was powerful. Yeah. God, he was yeah, he was nearly incredible, in tears. Yeah. Incredible, um, wasn't it? For yeah, what it yeah, felt yeah, like yeah, to score that I've goal. Got the same thing. And yeah. I think he's got. A, yeah. I think he has which, got. Which a is important. Future. Yeah. Is I he, agree. Can he? Can he be the man? I mean, I know it's early yet, but should Manchester United look to buy another yeah. striker, or are you going to keep trusting him and, and starting him? Well, I think with with him and with Rashford, who can go up top if need be. Um, what what you wouldn't want to do is 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 hamper him. What you wouldn't want to do is, is, is push him too far down the pecking order that he feels like he's not going to lose his a bit of the confidence he's got. Yeah. We've seen goals in in Champions League, Rob. We mm. saw a really instinctive finish that got he's got in the Premier League. He's a young man that we know is is going to. When when I see him in, in in Nicholas Jackson, there's a whole different level in those two, mate. And mm -hmm. and they're both young. They're both coming yeah. into the league. Mm. And uh, uh, Hoyland's got a different feel around him he, you know he, he rushes things a little bit he's, yeah. he's caught sometimes a bit yeah. indecisive but he's a finisher I don't see that in Jackson mm. um, so so no I, I don't disagree too much in what you say as I was watching the game today I got I thought I'm, I'll chuck this controversial statement out to, yeah. to Bobby Mustard. like it controversial statement right now right now where Manchester United are because we, we don't know like what we're going to get as you say and we've got the two halves so so I've got two angles on this one um, can't Manchester United be more like West Ham can't, can't we can't we have a hold of shape on the halfway line can't we be difficult to play against and then break with good players like Bruno like Rashford like Ganacho, like uh, Hoyland because, actually, when we do the football bit, we're not that good at it. We give the ball away. We, we don't look that comfortable. So I'm just saying, for now, for the next two years, 
Or is it because we're Man United we can't do that? Is that the reason that we can't do it? It's a good question. And, and I'd say, bring back Moyes. You want Moyes football, bring back David Moyes. Um, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think there's definitely something in that we don't want to be that team long-term. That being said, Eric Ten Hag yeah. did say, yeah. <clears throat> I think it was pre-season, that he wants Manchester United to be the best transition team in the world. So it is if like... And it, this was asked yeah. of him a few weeks ago and he said, we haven't got the players to be the silky... Like you're, what mm. you're saying. Yeah. So, so maybe yeah. he, he wants to be more attacking and, 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 and fun to watch. Mm. But I think deep down, he's like, I'm not sure we can do it. Because when we try and build up and start that from the back line, we get bogged down in it. Yeah. So, and of course, they've got the goalkeeper to try and do that. And Anana that can play with both feet. He can spray the mm. ball around. So I think it's, a, it's an interesting point, Rob. But, I, you know, I think longer term at Man United, that's not the answer, is it? It's not the answer to... To be reactive, that's no, what you're saying. No, longer term, no. But, no, but, but where well, we right, are now with term. this group, mm. as, as we, as we, yeah, the next year, 18 months, and we build up to getting to what we want. The second mm. point I had, and I was thinking, like, uh, was it, is it Brailsford who was sitting in, in the stand yeah. and one or two others? And, and they've got, so, think on, on this, you've done a bit of research on the inners, but F1 um, mm. business, cycling business, mm. other football clubs. Mm. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking like, okay, if you're that a, a, a smart, clever, rich owner, and you've got other sporting businesses that do, is there any crossover in like what we see from Manchester United is 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 abstract first half, and then you know an incredible intense second half where they have a go, a little bit more counter-attacking, but whole different feel and look to the players. Might there, might there be something in some of the other businesses that you can bring to Manchester United? Might there be some guys who work with individuals in those mm. other sporting businesses, cycling, mm. let's say, mm. a mindset, a yeah. performance, uh, you know, getting, you know, visualisation? I don't know, but I'm sure he's got a team of people behind some of these other groups. Could that be something that could be brought in? Could that be something Ten Hag is open to? to get a little bit more. I mean, how can Manchester United start the first half like they do mm. and then start the second half like they do? Something's wrong. There's a bit of a missing piece mm. there is what I was trying to say. I was just trying to... I'm chucking it out yep. there, mate. No, I think, it's, I think it's a reasonable question and, I, and I've got two angles on it. I think there is definitely, in those other sports, Rob, and what's the same with all sports, team or individual, sports mm. psychology. So sports psychology is an area yeah. that they might yeah. have different people in different sports... Um, that are really great at working with those athletes that could come in and potentially help the players of Manchester United. The other thing, yeah. particularly with the with the cycling side of things, cause, and Sir Dave Brailsford was really, really a kind of a, a, a cycling guru, I think, in Britain, as, as I understand. Yeah. Um, the nutrition part. I mean, maybe there's some advantage to gain from nutrition in that type of, of athlete in a cyclist mm. that it really is about performance and training and, and nutrition. Maybe there's a bit of that. I mean, other than that, I mean, it's such a... The football side of things... I mean, it's small, it's small detail yeah, in, in football, maybe there's I something you, with But I, I just feel like, yeah, yeah, you know, is, is it something they can come in and maybe change the outlook, maybe change the thought process of some of the, the, the players and maybe take a little bit away from the manager in some respect or, yeah. or work with the manager on something. You know, say, say the Jaden Sancho might be a great example yeah. with a different set of people yeah. and maybe the psychologist and yeah. that. Might that be, could we maybe resolve that in a different way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's, that's uh, flat out immature 
the whole situation for me is immature. Yeah. And I think, you know, they're both to blame for me. The manager, the club, and Jaden yeah. Sancho. It's this is it's kind of like you 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 you've been a naughty boy, and until you say sorry, you know we're not gonna. I just think you're on the naughty just step. Speak it, <laughs> chat, chat it out, chat it out, get together in a room, let's chat it out, and try and come to some agreement where it's better for the football club. At the end of the day, that's what they're both there for, and try and come to some conclusion on that. But we'll see, Rob. We'll see. Maybe the structure. Another thing that they might maybe sporting structure. Of directors and, and, and I don't know different organisations within a professional sport or a club or whatever might help mm. in terms of organising. I think we all know that, that they are going to take a bit of time to assess all parts of the sporting side of the club. It's exactly what they need, and I think they will go about it diligently and, and slowly but surely. You know, improve. I mean, the recruitment probably is the biggest thing, but we'll see. We'll see. Just, yeah. I do want to quickly talk about Aston Villa, Rob, on, on the offside line yeah. deal, because I thought we saw in the second half a way to, to, to nullify the, high, the, silly, the, the crazy high line, very effective offside trap of Aston Villa. And, and I'll, just, I'll try and briefly explain it, Rob. So first half, Aston Villa, really what they yeah. like is for teams to try and build up, okay? So Villa get in their set positions, right? All the defenders are in a line. They can see everything in front of them, and then they play this high line. They look left and right. They keep the line. They get the offsides. The way that Man United broke that was basically the, the, the intense pressing of Aston Villa. So by pressing the players all over, then Villa were never in a situation where they could look across, oh, there go United, trying to go from one side to the other side, up, oh, going to ball over the top, let's keep them offside. When they're getting pressed playing out, yeah. they have a chance to set. And uh, I think the, um, the Rashford where he crosses it in for Garnacho, that goal was a great example of that. You press them into making mistakes, yeah. and they ain't set. Their line can't be, and they got caught out a few times on that. So... That's something that other teams might look at, Rob, is like, okay, when they're doing this and they can see the game in front of them comfortably, then that's hard to play against Villa. But when they get it, if we can force the turnovers, then they, are, they haven't got time to organise and, 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 and keep that high line with the offsides all the time. So that, that, for me, that was interesting of how United turned that game around into being offside all the time to... Wow, Villa were were, were 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 really caught out and didn't know how to stop United in the second half. And it's not great for Villa, you know. And we've praised Villa. That no. was a that mm. was a bit of a bloody nose, really, in the second half. They couldn't do a better job of of stopping Man United's um, progression. Yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I mean, as you say, it's, it's hard to be too critical of yeah. him and his team of what they've done and and, and how they've gone about things and. We saw a couple of lovely, innovative free kicks, didn't we, where we've seen the work that's done on the training ground. I think he'd be a bit disappointed that they lost a little bit of their intensity. They allowed United to, to dominate and get back in from 2-0 down. You know, if they could have yeah. gone, for any reason, gone on and got a third game, would have been done and dusted. But um, yeah. fair play to United. Yeah. Um, we didn't, you know, we said question marks. We'll see what Ten Hag can do. He got a response. He got uh, the three goals. He got Rasmus Hoyland with his first Premier League goal. Um, and he got a win in front of his, his new owners, um, and we'll see. You know, it's going to be an interesting second half of the season with United. And Forest and away next, what, mate. Um, Forest sort of away next, Rob, isn't it for them? Yeah. Well, they've got to turn up there, mate. They've got to You've turn got up. To absolutely turn up. That, that's a key. Yeah. 
That's the, that's the absolute key. Mm. Uh, let's move it to Goodison Port, my friend. Uh, everybody was uh, awaiting Man City's return from the Club World Cup. Uh, another trophy, five trophies in the calendar year. But how was City going to be focused on Premier League, on closing the gap, on regaining that title that some are questioning whether they would? And in fairness, Rob, they went 1-0 down at half-time, made a few... Uncustomary yeah. errors in yeah. possession. Uh, John Stones had to come off with an injury, and we, we're, I think we're both thinking, okay, this forty-five minutes is going to tell us a bit about City. Um, they get back into the game courtesy of a, a beautiful strike from uh, Phil Foden. We'll talk about him a little bit more uh, in a moment, and then a penalty that I wanted just us to just briefly talk about because it's made a bit of news. I saw Dim uh, Gallagher, their former yeah. referees, made some points about it as well. Um, but then they were killed by, um, you know, a Pickford and Branthwaite sort of errors. They played out the back and, and Bernardo Silva with a yeah. lovely, smart yeah. finish. So some quality in the end for, for City. I thought their attitude and their appetite to want to get things done in the second half stood through. Um, it's not going to be ability that will stop them winning the title. It's whether in any way focus and winning titles and trebles is, is going to affect them. But I don't get the sense that's, that's going to happen, Rob. Yeah. Um, what would you take away from, from, from this game and then we'll, we'll talk a little yeah. bit more about the detail of the penalty and maybe one right. or two players yeah we'll get to the penalty um, well first half you know yeah. first half Everton I thought absolutely perfect Everton first half really good shape behind mm. the ball pick their moments to press because you can't press Man City all the time and I, I know sometimes yeah. I want to see it I, I keep saying well, I want them to fly out the traps and, and get in the faces of Man City it's just not possible for large chunks of the game. And I thought Everton did a really good job of picking their, t- their times to do it. They pressed and forced those areas in some ways, Rob, uh, for that first goal. And then in the second half, um, Manchester City just looked, I don't know, they just looked back at it, really. And um, the quality was, was there to see. Uh, I, I kind of like the team that he picked, actually. I like Mateus Nunes, the kid they got from, from Wolverhampton Wanderers, Rob. He yeah. plays alongside Rodri as, as two players playing close together, though at times John Stones came into midfield. John Stones is, is, looks like he's got a, a nasty ankle injury uh, in this yeah, game. He so came off be just weeks, before half-time, I think it was, wasn't it? But I think, you know, we're going to say things like, there's City again, and here they go. You know, I think when you, if they look at their schedule mm-hmm. going forward, they've got a game again on Saturday or this weekend. After that, it's kind of... When I, when I, when I think City can go weekend to weekend to weekend and not too many midweeks, yeah. they're, they're recovering... They're working Man, on the training ground. That, that's when they're going to get their head of steam up again. Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away. Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away, yeah. Yeah, and, and then they're going to go into a, a more of a, a normal mm. schedule. Um, quality, Phil Foden, interesting what Pep said, Rob. He said, whilst yeah. we've got Erling Haaland out, Phil Foden is an eye for goal. Simple as that. And he, mm. he, he totally has, we all know that. So he wants him close to the goal, which means playing in the centre, Number 10, in and yeah, around 10, um, yeah. Julian mm-hmm. Alvarez. Bernardo Silva was to the right-hand side yeah. and Grealish to the left. But of all those midfield players, Fo, um, Phil Foden, I mean, he is the scorer yeah. out of all of those. And I think it makes sense for him to play centrally. Wonderful, wonderful strike for the first goal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, he was, go ahead, he mate. was nearly my underappreciated performer of the week, by the way, Phil Foden. He was nearly, but I, yeah. I don't know if he's that underappreciated. Yeah. But I tell you what, yeah. when he plays in that 10, Rob, and... and, and you know, can dominate again. Yeah, he's 23 he's years of age. Yeah, he's a special player. Yeah, he really is. It's incredible. Let's get incredible. on to the penalty, Rob, because that fired um, me up this weekend. You know, yeah. I, I really, really, yeah. really have a problem with this one. Um, and I'm going to say this first, Rob, and, uh, you know, 
we did a we did a kind of a, a quite a deep breakdown or a slow motion breakdown of yeah. this, and we basically showed that when the strike came in from Boeing, wasn't it? No, not Boeing. Who was it? Who um, from uh, oh, okay. Nathan Arkin. Was it? When the st- okay, when he turned in smashly yeah, towards goal. Anana's yeah. arms were, were absolutely yeah. normal. He's, tr- he's about to stretch over to try and put the block on. So when the ball was struck, he wasn't trying to do anything other than get to the ball. And then, of course, no. when you see the, no. the ball strike the arm, the arm is a little high. Mm. In, totally justifiable in that action. I say justifiable because that is in the laws of the game. Is it justifiable? Yeah. Is the position of his arms in the motion playing of that ball, well, it, or attempt to, it was. And also, Rob, yeah. I, I can't say, uh, I guess YouTubers, they can see, he didn't really make his body any bigger. The, the rule is like it says, it's written, does no, he make he made, his... If anything, he made his body smaller. Yeah, he, he kind of he came put his in. arms in a bit. The only thing that he did, Rob, is my last point, is that his arms were, were higher than you might expect. There's nothing in the laws of the game to say that defenders' arms have got to be down. Mm. So they can be high, and it can be natural, and, the, and particularly on this one, because it would make himself bigger. That's a natural action, Rob. That, that, that arm, if, if you look at his left foot first, is his left foot is, is, is stretching to block, like thinking the ball's going to come. So as you stretch your left foot out and, you, and you, you're going around... You, your right arm comes up for balance. It's yeah. a mechanic of, yeah. of, of the body. You can't leave your butt, your arm next to your body and stretch because you can't get anywhere. So your arm comes up naturally. It's a mechanical movement. It's not high. It's not towards the ball. The ball's, what, yeah. a yard away from him I being know. smashed he can't, he can't at him. React. I think Sean Dye said it. Yeah. He, can't, he can't react. He can't get his hand out of the way. I mean, He's Sean Dye said goalkeeper. if he was a goalkeeper <laughs> and he had reflex like that. I mean, yeah. he was spot on. And, and I heard... Uh, Dermot Gallagher saying similar things today, basically saying this rules is making it more difficult for referees and because of the law, uh, 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 the way they're written, you're going to get penalty kicks every time they're given. Rob, So le- le- we're, we're down the same road. People yeah. don't think it's right, but we're going to get a penalty because that's the way it's been written. The, 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 the problem is, this is, a, this, is, this is all the problem is, there's a lack of understanding of what is mm. a expected slash natural position for players body position yeah yeah, yeah. that's the that's a lack of understanding there you know and and that's what the, the the law's been kind of simplified is it one deliberate is he deliberately bringing his hand to the ball or number two yeah as he made his body unnaturally bigger unnaturally bigger in, in the yeah. expectation that, that his arms could get in the way. movement that's all it is those two movement. things yeah. and if and, and some of these that are given like wow you you think he's deliberately so that's where the problem is, the understanding of what's expected and normal and natural and what's a, I'm going to go and block the ball and I'm spreading my arms out yeah. like that. I know what I'm doing here. We don't see many of them, Rob. So, yeah, yeah. A, another one that, that, you know, we'll see if they, if they try and clean it yeah. up again. It's the hardest thing at the moment of the laws, really is. But it was a big moment in the game, yeah, Rob. It was. A game changer because Alvarez, Alvarez scores and then Silva gets, gets another goal. Just want to go back to uh, the John Stones thing, Rob, because uh, back to oh, yeah. before the game, and that's only one clean sheet in in twelve now uh, for for City, which is unlike them. Mm. Generally, when they're on these kind of runs, they generally can keep you know clean sheets is is a big part of that. And John Stones is running back with Beto towards his own goal. It's a, a situation he's got to defend, and Beto is clearly offside. And it's one of those, Rob, where mm. it's allowed to play. Beto ends up challenging for the ball. Yep. Stones goes down, gets an ankle injury, and now could be out for, for 
certainly a few weeks, it would seem, based on what Pep said after the game. Mm. And Pep was mad at the time. And then we, we saw a couple of shots where he was sort of saying, get the flag up. Because, you know, we, we've talked about this. Players can get injured in those yeah. challenges yeah. that happen when the flag doesn't go up. And, you know, to, to get John Stones back fit, and we know how important part he is, you know, whether he's centre-back or dropping into yeah. midfield and, and making those overloads. Yeah. And to have him missing on a on a... Situation that could have been avoided, really, because we could all see that Beto was off, and the, both players knew Beto was off. But Beto kept playing because the whistle doesn't go and the flag doesn't go up. Yeah. It's it's just another one of those rules where you think, you know, if it's that obvious, should we not just put the flag up? Yeah, because because what happens is John Stones has done a great job uh, of of playing him yeah. offside, right? So he's done that part well, and because the the linesman's not sure. I've now got to double back. I've made my job harder because I'm yeah, further behind. Back. So I've got to yeah. do a desperate challenge to try and put something right, which I think I've got right with the offside. So it's like a double yeah. double whammy, really. Like, I did that bit well. Oh, I've got to go back because, you know, I've got to make a challenge and that's uh, where he got injured. So, I, yeah, I agree. Again, I mean, a lot of these managers, Rob, they don't... <clears throat> Maybe some of the fans out there think that, that a lot of them make excuses. They, they talk a lot of sense, the managers. They've been around the game a long time yeah. and... And yeah. most of the things that they say, and I think Pep said afterwards with Sean Dice that he doesn't understand the rules at the moment, which can't be right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's another one where they're right. This, this, if it's, if it's, if you're pretty sure, put your flag up, and let's stop the game there. And, yeah. and it's only a matter of time. And I think there's others that's happened in the same scenario, Rob. And there'll be other ones again when players mm. are asked to do do their Keep job twice in some ways. Yeah. 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 Good, re- uh, good result for City, good return back to the league. And as I said earlier this sort of season, just feel like the shadows kind of come over that top end of the table. and One or two people are looking over the shoulder and, and I think can feel that the City is starting to get momentum. When you think Doku, uh, KDB and um, Haaland to yeah. come back into that group, I yep. mean, starts looking a little bit scary again. OK, my friend, let's move on to a few other results. Newcastle, uh, desperate for a win uh, at home to Notts Forest. I think most people would have, would, have, would have said that Newcastle would get this done, although it's a tiring Newcastle making mistakes and, and, and defensive errors. Um, but I don't think we, have, we, we saw a Forest 3-1 win, and I don't think we saw a Forest 3-1 win with a Chris Wood hat-trick. It's a bit of an easy one. I've got to say, a bit of a layup from my underappreciated performer. It is Chris Wood. I mean, Chris Wood, Chris Wood. Hasn't really been first choice at Nottingham Forest. You know, you know the other clubs that he's been at, he's sort of split opinion a little bit. He's a, he's a, he's a good striker. He's a, he's a steady old striker. Steady Eddie, yeah. He has a new manager. I think he's got three behind him. A little bit like Man United, Rob. I really like the Forest three behind him, which is on the right. Anthony Langer. Yeah. Gibbs White behind him as number 10 and Callum Hudson-Odoi. That's why the owner mm. bought these players to play, I think, in those spots. And, and Steve Cooper did sometimes, didn't other times. So I like that. But Chris Wood, fair play to him. Fair play to him. I mean, what nice finishes as well, by the way. A little bit of class, a little mm. bit of composure, the little dink over the top of the left foot, the little drag around the goalkeeper. I mean, really, really good performance. An easy one for underappreciated because I think he has been in his career. But this was a reminder. I mean, to go there to get a hat trick at St James's Park, former Newcastle player, and not really be able to celebrate. He didn't want to celebrate in front of the fans. I mean, he enjoyed his time yeah. there, and he was he say, well afterwards. Yeah, what, what you're not having that? Are you? I, I couldn't I, have given. I couldn't have given the underappreciated without without oh. celebration. It, to get oh. a hat trick, 
Yeah. Away at Newcastle know, to your new yeah. team, and you yeah. don't celebrate. And I know you had a year up at Newcastle, and I know you enjoyed it, and your family yeah. were there, and they looked after you well. Yeah. Come on, Chris. I know. Come on, my friend. I, I mean, hat tricks are very hard to come by in the Premier League. You get one on Boxing Day against your former team. Celebrate with your teammates. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's good, but, good uh, news yeah, for, three for lovely Nuno. finishes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great news for Nuno. And, and you know, you, you think they got beat 3 2, was it, was it Bournemouth? Yeah, 3 2 with Bournemouth and Willie Bolly got yep. sent off. Yep. Shouldn't have in that yep. game. You know, might have got a point at least there and three out of Forest. But yeah, Nuno's getting things going. Um, and, you know, things move on at football clubs. Steve Cooper was loved there, but listen, he's gone. And now it's about Nuno trying to make sure that, that Forest stay in the league. Uh, let's move to the game today, Brighton Spurs. Rob, um, before, before we move on, we thought this gonna... Rob, sorry, mate, sorry. Yeah. Let, we 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 just Eddie Howe. Like, oh, there's a lot of talk. Newcastle, you know, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime mm. Newcastle, anytime something starts to, you know, everybody starts. Oh, you know, the ownership and the fans. They should they expect more? I mean, to be fair, mm. I, I I read some stuff for the last couple of days, and they've got to be careful of financial fair play. You know, it's not as though the club have got. Yeah. they have got a ton of money. The ownership. But it's not as though they can throw it all into the team and the club just yet. They've got to gradually yeah. increase their revenues so they don't, you know, they don't make losses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But is, is there unfair scrutiny as soon as the results go again? He's had a bad run, to be fair, Eddie Howe. He's had a bad run of yeah, results. Yeah, he has had a bad run. He's had an awful um, li- injury yeah. list, which again he, he mentioned afterwards. There shouldn't Correct. be any pressure on Eddie Howe, Rob. Should there for a, for a, for a good few no. weeks? Um, no, I don't think so. Well, well, maybe I slightly disagree. Should there be scrutiny? I think there will be scrutiny because they're now seen as a big, one of the big seven, if, if, if that's the right phrase. And, you know, the, the, the size of the club and the profile of the club means that there will be scrutiny. And I kind of think scrutiny is OK. But to be calling for his job and what he's done and the Champions League and I know things that have not gone well uh, in, in the last few weeks. And, and, you know, before the game, I just said maybe Forrest might get him at a good time because... Just feel a little bit of the energy's gone out of the building. Yeah. Um, but I believe in Eddie. I think what he's done, I believe in the players. I think the window might be important. Um, uh, Tonali has, has been a big loss for him, Rob, one that you mm. could never have thought of mm. with the, the betting scandal. And he, he's, he's missing, um, you know, pretty much the, the rest of the season. So, you know, a player who he's brought in, who he wanted to control the game and the tempo and be an integral part of it. Um, and the, the other, some of the other injuries, muscle injuries that they keep picking up, um, it's difficult. But but Eddie's got to get through this, and I'm yeah. sure the times when he was out of football, he thought about the good times and when things weren't going well, and how he how he's got yeah. to react. And um, yeah, I I I don't think uh, the ownership and you know we watched a couple of programs, we've we've read a little bit of uh, stuff about the ownership. I don't think they're going to be you know quick hiring fire guys. I, I think mm. they'll they'll give him the time to to yep. try and put this right and set things up for next season. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think, yeah, I think given the job he's done and them being apparently ahead of schedule, um, yeah, this is the first real blip and he has had a, a really, really big injury yeah. list. Anyway, let's move on to anything else really, Rob, that catches your eye. A few games that we haven't really talked about as yet. Brighton yeah. 4, Tottenham 2, Chelsea, and I'll come back to you, Rob, whichever one you want to hit in a second. Brighton yeah. 4, Tottenham 2, Chelsea 2, Crystal Palace 1, Sheffield United 2, Luton Town Three and Brentford won for uh, four goals for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Great win away from home for Wolves and Gary O'Neill still yeah. did a great job. What do you want to want to hit on, on on those remaining games? Um, 
Let, let, let me t- let me take Luton, yeah, Luton United, my friend. Right. Back to back wins in in the Premier League. Uh, with two one down, two own goals from Sheffield United in, in a huge game down at the bottom of the table. And uh, and Rob Edwards, Rob, in, in you know a difficult couple of weeks with Tom Lock. You know, he, he, he's captain of the Kodiak Arrest and the emotional dra- drain that that had on the football club and getting players going, and getting Townsend and Ross Barkley and the players. Um, for a young manager who, you know, his first ta- first um, go in the Premier League with this group of players and this team, um, and and they're they're still fighting, mate. They they ain't out of it. They're, they're starting to make it look a lot more competitive down there. So, you know, many people had already said, well, Luton will be gone, and we didn't yeah. see, you know, some early results, and people were already writing them off. Just shows, you know, we're, we're halfway through, and they're, they're getting used to things and. They could maybe pick one or two up in the window. They've got a nice kind of camaraderie and team yep. spirit, spirit building, um, and there's still life in Luton Town. Don't 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 you worry about that. Mm. One more game as well, which I forgot to mention. Bournemouth did beat uh, Fulham three 0 as well. Um, that was on Boxing Day, wasn't it? Uh, back on Boxing yeah. Day. I think the one that mm. stands out for me as well from that list is Brighton. It's Brighton again. Brighton four, Tottenham two. Yeah. I mean, I think we knew there was going to be goals dropping in the game, and. Uh, it's one of those where there's two games going on at the same time. It's difficult to, to get a really good sense of it. But Brighton's kind of goal-scoring feat. I don't know it's only Tottenham, and I know that they've got problems defensively. But it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, Jao Pedro, Rob. Jao Pedro, right? And it's, it's a good example. This is such a mm. good example of a football club, Brighton. Everybody knows Jao Pedro. He came in the Premier League a little bit with Watford. He was always available, yeah. talented, Brazilian, 22 years of age. They spent a record fee on this guy. I can't think what it was now. It's 32, I think it was 30-something yeah, million dollars record, yeah. for Xiao yeah. Pedro. And he looks, he looks really, really good in this team. That's, that's such a good example yeah. of everybody wants a striker that can score goals in the Premier League. And everybody well, where are they? Where can we get one? Well, if you look hard enough, and if you study the numbers enough, and you go and watch a player enough, and you, you do your research on him, Xiao Pedro looks like a steal. A steal where they are yet, Again, going to make a lot of money on by some, buying somebody from different places that others aren't looking so closely and developing him, mm. coaching him, basically spotting the talent initially. And they're going to now have a, a, another asset of whether Bonanotte and everybody else and CISOs to come back from injury, Matoma's injured. It's, it's, a, it's, it's such a... They haven't got a big yeah. squad, Rob. They're all playing. The seven signings that came in the summer, Rob, have had a big impact on... They don't waste anything. They don't yeah. waste any money. Any money they spend... And maybe there is a couple of examples out there. I don't know. Because all the summer signings in the seven are all playing. All the players on the squad have all added minutes. It's a, it's a, it's a remarkable achievement by this club right now, the way they run, the way they coach, the way they recruit. And what a, what a stunning victory against um, a Spurs side that yet aren't at full strength, but still were very dangerous opponents. Brighton's and, and Deserby, again, just continue to you, that, that you're saying that you're saying, you know, a Premier League top eight club uh, club record, 30-odd million, oh, you know, 30-odd yeah. million. I mean, how much is wasted on hundreds of millions? We see this one oh, and that one and, this, you know, don't, can't play. And they and um, I remember when we saw, we were talking to one or two of the, the backroom staff in the summer series when we were away, and they, were talk, they, they talk a lot about profile, Rob, and that Jao Pedro's profile is perfect yeah. for what they want. So they've obviously got this sheet that, you know, you need the tick list and you need to be this and yeah. that and this age yeah. and, yeah. you know, have these numbers and whatever. And that's the, that's the golden nugget. That's the bit that other teams need to get and understand what, what they're seeing and what value for money. But uh, you're right. And and with, with, with Brighton, 
people have the days. It's Jao Pedro's day, then it's Evan Ferguson's day, then yep. Matoma has a day, yep. and Adinga has a day. Yep. And, you know, Loads it, of them. It, it, it's all these different talents who can all have a day, as well as the team playing, um, you know, the good football and, and make it work. And yeah, it's a brilliant story, Brighton. Continues to be. And they lost the best players, story, well. but yeah, some. McAllister yeah. and Moises Caicedo. Yeah, it's, it's old, yeah. 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 Right, the last game, Rob, should we, should we just hit the last game I think we should just quickly talk about is Chelsea. Chelsea get a victory, 2-1 yeah. against Crystal Chelsea, Palace. Yeah. Mudrick scored. 2-1, um, late penalty. At least saying the, yeah. the late penalty for Marueke, mm. That It was a penalty, I think. I feel the challenge was right towards yeah, the end of the box. Yeah, it was, yeah. Chelsea, yeah. are, are they... Are they, are they any, any different thoughts on Chelsea, Rob, and, and some of these players? Um... I just think it, 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 it it's still got a lot of, of working yeah. out to do, Rob. I still yeah. think it's got a lot of maturity to do to come, and 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 soon, you know, once he starts to get people back, a bit like you've said with um, with Manchester United, he's got to start finding out what what's his team, Rob. What mm. what what's his best look going to be, mm. and who are those players? You know, who's his centre backs? Who's he holding midfield to? I think Lavia's might. Be out with another injury, might or something. Yeah. Was getting close to it, and then and then missing out after he's had the run. You know, and Kunku coming back, yeah, looks, it's looks positive. Good bit, yeah. Looks like he, he's going to be better for him. He's look looks sharp and uh, lively around around the penalty box. But I, I think it's a time thing. I think Chelsea fans are going to have to be patient and they have to wait and see. And I think, as I said, I think before this time next year, we'll we'll know where Chelsea are and whether this project's going in the right way that, that Pochettino wants it to go. Really interesting, Rob. Though there's a little, little bit swirling around with Roy Hodgson, and that maybe mm. you know this talk. What if he doesn't win at the weekend? Uh, is it against Brentford? Um, his job could be in jeopardy. You know, Roy's come back the saviour after the the uh, Patrick Vieira and and have the team scoring, but just seemed like this year's never quite got that run of games going. And um, a little surprise that news like that would be coming out of Palace because I know how they kind of. Like to keep their business in in house and, and deal with things in a different way. Yeah, I think um, now Eze and Elise are fit again, Rob. I think now is a really important period for him. It, it, he's got to find some results yeah. now because you you can say that without mm. Eze and without Elise, you know, of course Zaha left the football club. Odson, Edwards yeah. injured again. You know, you can understand a little bit of a poor run, giving some of your best players out. Yeah. But now they're back again. Now now it's on because they're not far from the relegation spots. What are they? 18, the three three points away from relegation spots, and when you've got yeah. somebody like Steve Cooper that there's talk of in the past that Steve Parish and the football club are keen on Steve Cooper, yeah. you know I think I think I'm hearing like there could be some disagreement about who who the next manager is going to be and when that should be. So I think it's just a really important period now of games for Palace to yeah. and Roy Hodgson to to get his team going because I think they're, they're not playing awfully. Um, no. But but now is the time to get some results for Roy Hodgson, absolutely. Should be, yeah. Should be better with this group of players. Yeah. You? you look through Gay and Anderson and, and as you say, Elise and, and, and Eze back in the team. Yeah. There's more quality than than what we're seeing. Yeah. Um thing. But yeah, listen, uh, knowing Roy he's gonna he'll put a run of games together, he'll survive and he'll smile on and he'll get to the end of the season. But um yeah, a l- little bit of pressure as Palace need to get some results. OK, my friend, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for this week as Man City came back after winning the Club World Cup um, away uh, on Friday night. They're back in the Premier League and look like they're going to be the team to beat again while at the bottom end of the table. 
could be seven, could be eight teams who get caught in a relegation dogfight. 2024 is going to be a really interesting time for the Premier League at both ends of the table. Look out for our next podcast. That's on Tuesday. That's January the 2nd. When we'll look back at match week 20 as we head into the second half of this fascinating season. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Mustard together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe. Stay healthy. Have a happy new year if we don't speak to you before then. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Happy New Year. Good night. Good night.